Happy Easter, everyone. Uh, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Uh, one of my favorite things about Easter and that I will miss not being able to meet in person uh, when we have our Easter services this Sunday or wherever and whenever you may be watching this um, is, is, is getting to hear that cacophony of people respond with he is risen indeed. And so whether you are alone, whether you are with family, whether you are watching via Zoom, uh, when we do this on Zoom, let me just say again so that you can say it out loud wherever you are, Christ is risen, he is risen indeed. Uh, and that is a glorious, glorious truth. So today our, our text is taken from the very end of John's gospel, John chapter 21 verses 15 to 25. If you would like to read it and haven't yet, you can pause it now and then read that text. Uh, John 21, 15 to 25, and our sermon title is titled, What About Him? The question Peter asked Jesus in our text. Here we have the story of Jesus and Peter after the resurrection. Uh, and if you go and read John 18, uh, especially, but then 1920, of course, you'll have the whole story of, of the, the death on Good Friday of Christ and the resurrection on Easter. And here our story takes place a little bit after that. Uh, but it is our Easter text for today. And uh, if you especially read John 18, you see that Peter had sort of a rough goodbye with Jesus. Um, the disciple Peter, first he cuts off the ear of the Roman soldier and Jesus rebukes him for that. He then uh, denies him three times, famously that we know of. And uh, even before in 13, he had the whole thing with the foot washing where Peter was saying, no, you can't wash my feet. And then, yes, you can. And back and forth. And... Um, here we have Christ and Peter's discussion for the first time that we know of after his resurrection. Jesus has revealed himself to the disciples before this, but this is the first dialogue with Peter that we see. And after this event that happens with the fish that you can read in the first half of John 21, there's a miraculous catch of fish. John says, it is the Lord. And then Peter just jumps in the water, swims to shore, and they all have breakfast together. And after breakfast... In the first couple of verses, we, we see Jesus talks to Peter and says, Peter, do you, do you love me? In fact, he asks him this three times. And in verse 17 tells us that on the third time, actually, Jesus was hurt, or Peter, excuse me, was hurt by this. It says he was hurt because he asked him still a third time. He says, yes, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Now, there's, we have no idea of knowing, you know, maybe why Jesus asked this the way he did. Um, maybe he asked him three times to make up for the three denials. Maybe it was just to reinforce it in Peter's mind and remind him how much he really loved Christ. We don't know. But it is a great reminder of Peter, and it is a great reminder to Peter of his love for Jesus, for what he's about to say next. You know, it's almost like when we have to repeat things over and over in our head to really make sure we get it. And it's sort of what's happening here. And so he, he says it three times. He says, okay, Peter, feed my sheep. Because, verse 18, Jesus says it's, it's sort of time to get serious. Um, verse 18 says, listen, when you were younger, you can clothe yourself as you want. You can do what you want. But something's going to happen, Peter. Right? It says right here, you see it. When you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. And then verse 19, John tells us that Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. And then he says to him, follow me. Jesus 
tells Peter after this great loving moment, do you love me? Do you love me? Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. He then tells Peter, hey, that's great because guess what? You're probably going to die. So now follow me. (laughs) And this is not just like a suggestion, but a command, right? Jesus is actually using a command here. At least that's what the original text tells us as far as we can tell. He's basically saying, okay, Peter, now follow me to death. And I can't help but think of Peter sort of just pausing, hesitating, right? Uh, it, it, can I think this over, right? Can I sleep on it? This is kind of a big decision. Can I, can I rest on this for a night? And it, what's interesting about this is actually the same thing that Jesus said when he called the disciples. He commanded them, come and follow me. And then Jesus, excuse me, I can't help but think about this. That when we are called, and this is something that just sort of popped into my head, but when we are called, Jesus says he never wants us to stop following him. That when Jesus calls us, he says, keep your eyes upon me. And we're going to talk about that in a second. But yet Peter, in verse 20, immediately, it says, he turned and saw the disciple whom Jesus loved and says, well, wait, what about him? And Jesus' response to Peter is, what do, you, what do you care? Basically, right? Sam paraphrase. He says in verse 22, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? Peter, why do you care so much about other people? Do you remember in, in Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, Jesus said to Peter that he is his rock and that he's going to build his church on him. Peter, what do you care about this other disciple? What do you think? I mean, why are you taking your focus off of me? But, but it's what we all do. Jesus calls us, and yet we push back, or, or something is on our hearts, or something's on our mind that we should do, or maybe there's a burden to give or to, to, to do something, and, and, and we second-guess it. We say, well, what about this? Well, what about that other person? Well, yeah, maybe I should do that, but the other people aren't doing it. And we look at the person of Peter, like I mentioned before. You know, he's had sort of a rough go of things recently. It's his first time talking to Jesus that we have recorded anyways, since he publicly rejected Jesus. I mean, the worst we can imagine, right? He publicly, in front of all of the leaders present at that time, rejects Jesus. And yet Jesus here is not only reinstating him, he's forgiving him and giving him the same charge he gave him originally before he ever rejected him. Saying, yes, go feed my sheep, feed my sheep. He publicly rejected Jesus and yet he is still reinstated, he is still assured, he is still called and he is encouraged by Jesus. And so Jesus says to Peter when he asks about the other disciple, what is that to you? Even if he remains alive until I return, even then, what would it matter? And then John adds this disciple, or John adds this note that people even thought then maybe that this disciple would never die. And then in verses 24 and 25, you have the conclusion of John testifying that, that he wrote these things and, and of the great things of Christ in verse 25. So for you and for me today on Easter, where we celebrate Christ's resurrection, what does this mean for us? What do we learn from this? Um, I see two things here for us to really focus on for Easter today. And the first one and the second one are very closely related. But the first one is this, that we can 
have the assurance and forgiveness that Peter had. Think about that. We can have assurance in Christ, in our own resurrection, as Christ was resurrected, and we can have forgiveness for the things we have done. And then the second thing which builds on that is that our assurance and our forgiveness comes when we focus our eyes on Jesus and not on other things. So first, assurance, right? What does that mean? Peter not only finds forgiveness, but assurance of his future with Jesus. Jesus actually calls him here to continue the work he set him out to do. You know, how did Peter see this in his life? Well, after his sin and denial, what did he do? I mean, it's really quite simple. What did Peter do after he had this horrible exit, after he denies Jesus? What does he do? He just goes to see Jesus. I often had people ask, yeah, how can I find assurance? How can I find forgiveness? How can I ever be forgiven for the things I've done? And the answer is simple, go to Jesus. What led to Peter's reinstatement? He literally dropped everything and went to Jesus. And it, isn't, it doesn't mean that it wasn't awkward or, or, or it wasn't painful. Scripture even tells us right there in verse 17 that Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him three times. Peter was hurt and felt bad. Listen, church, friends, strangers, maybe we've never met. If you have stuff you need to work out with Jesus, it might hurt a little. If you have stuff you need to work out with your Lord and Savior, it might be awkward. But before you can find the assurance, before you can find that calling and that future goal like Peter had, you need to run to him. You need to drop everything and run to Jesus. Or as in Peter's case, drop everything and swim to Jesus. But you need to go to Christ in confession and in humility, even when it's awkward and even when it hurts. Because Peter was able to go to Jesus, even after he did something really stupid, a couple of things that were really stupid, but because he was able to go to Jesus, he found assurance that it was going to be okay. Peter confessed his love for Jesus, and Jesus reminded him of his calling. Even though his calling would not be easy, even though verse 18 tells us that it's going to be actually quite difficult. And we know this to be true. When we are changed, when we begin following Jesus, some of you, this has been happening recently, some of us, we've been following Jesus for a long time. But when we are changed, when we are living a different life, when we have sought forgiveness and repented of sin, living a life after Jesus is, is not easier, but in fact, it's often much more difficult. Living a life after Jesus is, is other people putting things on us that we don't want, like Peter. When we were young, we could do what we want. We could go where we wanted, act how we wanted. But living a life after Jesus puts us in a position where we may be subject to other things. And even though Jesus is encouraging Peter and assuring Peter that it's okay, that he will be with him, that this is time to go forward and continue the life Peter has started, right away, Peter gets really, really distracted. And this, I think, is why so many of us identify with Peter, right? So many of us read this story and think, oh, I totally get Peter. I get distracted all the time. Right? 
I mean, maybe, maybe we're not like Peter in the sense that we wouldn't like carry a sword and cut people's ears off. Um, but, but he has highs and lows, doesn't he? He has times where he really figures it out and gets it and, and he does amazing things. And then he has times like this where he just sort of forgets and takes his eyes off Jesus and wonders about other people. And, and you and I can identify with that. In a book or a movie, Peter would be like the, the flawed hero, right? That starts out with great promise and then something really bad happens, but then rises again to save the day. Um, you know, maybe if you're a, a Narnia fan, I thought of, of Edmund in Narnia, in Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe, you know? He goes and does something stupid, but then comes back and saves the day. And everyone identifies with him because you're like, yes, I know what that's like. I've done something stupid. I'm still doing something stupid. He makes mistakes that we can identify with. And so we read about Peter and we think, oh yeah, I've done that. You know, we all desire this though, don't we? I mean, if you're a follower of Jesus, you desire to be used by Jesus. Otherwise, you wouldn't be doing this. You desire for Jesus to do good things through you. We desire for God to teach us, to grow us, to make us more like him. This is all what we're here for. We talked about this last week, about bringing the glory of God to this earth. And we see Peter's failures and his weaknesses, his lows and his mistakes, and we identify with it. We get mad. We get distracted. We're afraid sometimes. So for you and for me, for those of us who identify with Jesus Christ as believers or as Christians, we can identify with Peter. But what's amazing about this is so can someone who doesn't yet know Jesus. Someone who we would call a non-believer or someone who is seeking out the truth. A seeker can also identify. Because they look at the story of Peter, they look at how Peter rejected him, how Peter made mistakes, and they see, wow, even in the midst of all of that, Peter went back to Jesus and found forgiveness found a new life. And we are reminded on this Easter Sunday that all of us, no matter where we are, when we go to Jesus, can find resurrection. But we have to come to Jesus. No matter who we are, no matter how long we've been doing this, we have to go to Jesus. And so I believe, yes, I believe we can have assurance in this life. But it takes meditation upon him and repetitive focus on Jesus. And this is the second point, right? We can have assurance, that's the first part. But the way we get that assurance, the second part, is that we need to focus on Jesus. <laughs> I always think about Peter in this moment, and I wish I could have a visual representation of what happened. I sometimes think of Jesus sort of being rather pedantic or demeaning to Peter, and I know he probably wouldn't have. But it's almost as if Peter looks back and says, what, what, what about him? And Peter, or Jesus goes, Peter, right here. Look, look, look. Focus on me. No, but what about, no, no, no. Focus. How often do we do that? Jesus is telling us to focus on him. And what do we do? Well, yeah, but I have this thing at work. It's really, really important. No, to focus on me. Yeah, yeah, but you don't understand. I have this stuff going on with my family right now. And I have to, Jesus is saying, focus on me. Church, if we want to have that assurance, if we want to take this Easter Sunday and use it as something that can encourage and build us up, we need to be focusing on Christ. So my question to you and, and for all of us today is, is really this, is what is distracting you? What is it? Maybe it's, it's forgiveness. Forgiveness you need to give others. 
Maybe what's distracting you today is that you need to forgive yourself for something. Maybe it's faith. Maybe you struggle to believe these things. Maybe it's anxiety or fear. That there's great fear about the future. There's great fear and anxiety about what's happening around the world. Maybe it's self-control. Maybe for you, what keeps you from focusing on Jesus is just a lack of self-control and finding yourself doing things that you just don't want to do. And you say, I can't do it. I can't overcome these things. And I know it's difficult. And I know it seems that way. But Easter Sunday, the day we celebrate Christ's resurrection, is the most powerful reminder that we could have that the Redeemer, Jesus Christ, has overcome all of these troubles we're talking about right now. Our fear to forgive, our our shame to forgive ourselves, our, our fear, our anxiety, whatever it might be that is keeping you distracted or keeping you from focusing on Jesus, Christ has overcome it. Whatever you need, it can be provided through the resurrection power of Jesus Christ that we celebrate today on Easter. Forgiveness is there. Forgiveness is there waiting for you. It has been done. Peter flat out rejected three, rejected Jesus three times and was forgiven and reinstated. Church, we have nothing to fear. Absolutely nothing. So then let us make a clear distinction before we go. And I I just want to be really clear about this. Easter, this wonderful day that we celebrate, and there's lilies and there's flowers and there's usually lamb or some sort of sweets and all kinds of good stuff, is a great day. But Easter is not a passive day. Easter is not a day where we sit and wait for forgiveness and we just say, okay, Jesus, you just bring me your forgiveness, bring me your grace, bring me all of these things. I'm just going to sit here. If we look at this text, to find the assurance that Peter got, to... to to find the assurance we desire in our lives, we need to go to Jesus. We need to go to Jesus as Peter did here in John 21. We need to fix our eyes upon Jesus. We need to act, to move, to follow. What Jesus says here is, follow me. It's a command. And what does a command imply? Action upon the hearer. When Jesus says to follow him, that means we get up off our butts and we follow And we fix our eyes on him. And when there's distractions, when there's things that are scary and bring anxiety and bring fear, that we still focus on Jesus. And when we get distracted and we go somewhere else for a while, we come back straight to Jesus in humility as Peter did, that we would find our assurance again. Jesus is asking Peter to fix his eyes upon him, not upon others. And what we sometimes forget was this was not a new lesson for Peter. In Matthew chapter 14, Matthew writes a story down that is phenomenal. Matthew 14, verses 25 to 31 says this. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it is you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately Jesus reached out with his hand and caught him. 
You of little faith, he said. Why did you doubt? We identify with Peter because he does these things over and over. You will have times when you're distracted. You will have times when you take your eyes off Jesus. You will have times of of fear and anxiety like Peter here. I mean, he was walking on water, and he took his eyes off of Jesus. In John 21, he, he simply looks back and says, what about that guy? And Jesus says, Peter, focus on me. But what's amazing about Peter and what's amazing about Easter is it reminds us is that when we come to Jesus, we find assurance, we find truth, we find love, we find everything we need. Easter is not about passively sitting back and waiting. Easter is about going to Jesus, going to the resurrected Lord in humility, in confession, desiring to follow him. The title of the sermon is the same question Jesus asked, or Peter asked Jesus. What about him? Yeah, what about him? What about her? What about that situation? What difference does that make right now? Follow me, says our Lord and Savior. Easter is about responding to Jesus, responding to the cross of Good Friday and the resurrection of Easter Sunday, that we would go forward in our life with assurance that we would go forward in our life knowing that we can have the same assurance that would lead us to something as crazy as even dying for this faith. Easter is about believing that this is what matters most. And Christ tells us over and over that the way we find this assurance is to fix our eyes upon him. And when we stray like Peter, sometimes over and over and over again that he is there if we would go to him. So let Easter remind you today that God has completed the work. God has completed the work needed for your future and that you would have assurance of the grace and the resurrection you have received. May you fix your eyes upon Jesus, the author and the perfecter of your faith. May you fix your eyes upon him and follow him all the days of your life. Amen. Happy Easter. I hope you guys have a great day today.